it felt like a drug like the highs were so high so unreal high. but what i've started to discover is that that is not what we deserve and i don't mean that in a bad way we deserve something that is like that's consistent and calm and doesn't make you feel huge spikes in cortisol and then huge drops because it's addictive and it's not good. Things that are addictive and that you're addicted to make you make choices for yourself that you wouldn't normally make. But first, a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Man or Podcast. Shout out to all the serial killer daters, the obsessive compulsive romantics, and all the B-52 love bombers out there. This is Billy Presida, and you're listening to the Man Whore Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a, a very special episode of the Man Whore Podcast. This one gets deep. This one gets hilarious. This one brings it back to the original origins of this show. If you're new around here, uh, this podcast started in 2014 with me having conversations with uh, my exes about why we didn't work out. Sometimes they're ex-hookups, sometimes they're ex-girlfriends, sometimes they're ex-lovers, ex-romantic interests. So this is a, this is a very special one. I, I dated Elle back in early 2016. I have not seen this woman in over seven years. But first, I have a few emails I want to read for y'all, a few emails, uh, subject line, Tina Frimmel podcast. Hi, Billy. I'm just listening to the podcast with Tina Frimmel right now. Bravo. First, I am very impressed with you choosing her to be one of your guests. I am myself disabled. I have MS. I've had it for 24 years. I also chose to divorce my cheating ex after 20 years of marriage. Ironically, I was the horny one. I bring that up because I had no idea how I was going to meet anybody, let alone if I was ever going to get laid again, because I don't drink, so going to a bar was not really an option to meet guys. I walk with a cane, so I can understand Tina about whether or not guys would be interested in me. I even wondered if I would have to pay for sex. Thankfully, I also found Field First. I put that info in my profile. I didn't want to hide it, of course, because if I did, well, they're going to see the cane when I open the door anyway. I have had unbelievable success to rediscover my sexuality and know there are just good people out there if they understand and appreciate boundaries, like how you describe in the sex rooms. I guess that means like the sex parties. Uh, I, I am happy to say that I found a guy who, who does want to carry me. In fact, it's a turn on for both of us. Bravo for having Tina on the pod because we disabled people really are horny and just want to get railed just like everybody else. Warmest and wettest regards, Shh, Photo Girl. Thank you, Photo Girl, for sharing. 
Glad you enjoyed the the episode with Tina Frimmel. We also had a lot of responses to that episode uh, over in the Champagne Room in our episode discussion channel. Of course, you can click the the link in the notes. You can join us in the Champagne Room for free. Uh, This next email, subject line is an update for Billy, and it comes from former guest of the show, Carolyn Busa. One of my like very one of my first few um, COVID in person. I think we wore masks. Uh, uh, podcast guests, and I was very surprised to get this email from her. It, it was very pleasant. If you want to hear her episode, you can scroll on back to episode three forty seven. She writes, "Billy, long time no see, chat, all the things. However, I have been listening to your podcast pretty consistently the last two years." I felt compelled to email you because of how things have changed from when I did your show back in 2020 to now. I barely listened to my episode when it came out, and I still can't, mainly because of how awkward and careful I was speaking about that relationship. And to be honest, I should have avoided the topic altogether and just talked about threesomes I had or the time I went to Southwest Love Fest in Arizona. But my secret COVID rendezvous lover, who is no longer secret and very much my partner, has happily listened a whole bunch of times. Hey, Carolyn, thanks for, uh, thanks for those downloads via, via the boo. Because of COVID, falling in love, questioning the role of comedy in my life, I moved out of Brooklyn in March 2021 to be able to fully be in the relationship in Jersey. I started a very small business, made some great new friends, and when I sit back and think of my little existence, it's pretty good. Leaving New York was incredibly hard. But I realized that listening to your podcast provides some sort of spark for those moments when I'm missing the noise of the city. I'd listened to an episode here and there, then a few more, and now I'm pretty much a regular listener. Your interviews are so great and insightful and silly and make me blush in a different way. Not because of the content, but because of how freaking easily and beautifully your guests express their thoughts and feelings, unlike the mumbling mess I was back in 2020. Were you mumbling? I don't know, Carolyn. Be nicer to yourself. Uh, Everyone sounds like mini experts in their topics. You're a really great interviewer. I would tell my lover about an episode I think he should listen to, and he would. And now he's sharing snippets of your conversations with me. I always knew my secret COVID rendezvous lover was going to be someone very special to me. But your show has helped start some conversations that I might not have been able to put into words as easily as you and your guests do. All that to say... She says in all caps. Last weekend, we went to our first sex club. Wait, I hate the way that sounds. Lifestyle event? No, that's even worse. Play party? Okay, we fucked in a room full of strangers. It's something I've built up in my head for years. I knew I wanted to be in a relationship where we could explore and learn together. And I'm so happy we finally have this new experience to learn from, grow from, and maybe threesome. So thank you, Billy. For the noise, the conversations, the honesty, and the unknowing role you played in helping our relationship become the one I've always dreamed of. Carolyn. It's not often I get uh, long emails like that from a former guest of the show, but more than welcome. Uh, Glad things are going well for you, Carolyn. And uh, if anybody wants to check out her... uh, her, her small business, uh, it's a uh, secondhand clothing shop in Merchantville, New Jersey, and you can uh, check out their Instagram at peak, P-E-A-K, secondhand. So that was nice. This is the part of the podcast where I like to give a shout out to members of my fan whore community on Patreon. I want to say thank you 
for not just your downloads, but your dollars to Anemone Nemorosa. Anemone Nemorosa. I don't, that feels like it's not a real name, but if it is, and I'm sorry for being offensive, I will get you a fruit salad. Wink, wink. I know you know what I mean. A fruit salad. You and I know what I mean when I say fruit salad. You want, right? Wink. It's a, I looked it up. Fruit salad. Very cute name. Uh, thank you for supporting the Man Whore Podcast on Patreon. All of my Patreon members can join me tomorrow night, Thursday at 9.15 p.m. Eastern Time in the Champagne Room. We are having a patron-only ha, 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 movie night. Yes, um, we will be joining together uh, tomorrow night to watch the, uh, the golden era porno classic Sex World. All you have to do to join us for Hot Movie Night is you have to be uh, in the champagne room and you have to be a member on Patreon. And you can join up today at patreon.com slash podcast. All right. L. I know she's listening, so I'm going to try to be, I'm going to try to have some chill, but I'm just going to say like I was, look, I've, I've been doing this podcast almost 10 years and I've talked to over a hundred of my exes um, on the podcast, over a hundred different women um, have come on and admitted that we touched each other and that's pretty cool of them. And, but, you know, it, I, I, over the past year or so, I've, I've real, come to realize I don't need to talk to every single woman I've hooked up with anymore. Uh, I don't think that's where the show is. I think we're doing more sex positive conversations with public personalities. You know, the show it's, it continues to evolve. It continues to shift, but at the core of the show of like learning things about myself and reconnecting and getting closure, um, and having these like pretty intimate conversations with, with these women from my past. Um, you know, I, I went through kind of the list one more time back in the summer. And I was just like, okay, who has great stories? Like, I think they'd just be great guests on their own or who is a big story in my, in my love life. And L was, uh, was on that short list. And I was pleased when she agreed to do the show. Now, part of my embarrassment with Elle, a big part of it is that um, she is part, you know, when things ended, but when she ended things, it was in this time in my 20s where, gosh, I did not have chill. I was embarrassing to look at on social media. If you've been following me on like Twitter and, and whatever for a long time, you know that like when I go through a breakup, I'm hitting share way too many times. There's just, mm, I am not, I'm not workshopping the bits. I am not, uh, doing a, a tone check on the posts. I'm just firing shit out. So people know that Billy is sad. I, I cut the story of it out of the conversation. Cause I felt like it was kind of clogging things up. So feel free to fast forward about 30, 45 seconds right now. I'm just going to catch you up to speed in that. Um, I posted something somewhat aggressive um <laughs> where I, I posted on facebook a couple things after the l breakup and one of them 
to the effect was like, hey, you ever wish that like a tornado and mudslide and hurricane and whatever would hit St. Louis, but like only affect one person? I wonder if they offer that on Postmates. Yeah, that was me. I, I, mm, I am the one who wrote that and posted it and then kept it there. And, uh, yeah, not great. And, and, and now I didn't think anything of it. Fast forward, fast forward, uh, a couple years later, uh, this, you know, an incident happens that I've talked about many times on the show where I, I, I live, streamed with uh, comedian Adam Lucidi, we unbagged a bag of my stuff that Paige dropped off during breakup number one. And, you know, I, I've already talked about how like a bunch of people were mad that I did it, even though like no one watched us do it. So they don't realize that I wasn't shitting on my ex. I was just actually talking about how I could have been a better boyfriend. However, uh, one, one man happened to be really concerned about this because he was friendly with Paige. I had brought her into his community and he got on the phone with me and in talking about his concern about the live stream he reminded me that like i may have a pattern of posting some things on social media when i go through breakups and i i don't think i even remembered i'm like what are you talking like he basically says like i posted something fucked up about l so I had to go back and look it up. And then I was like, oh, no. Okay. I found it. And that not not great moment for me. And uh, and then about a year later, I, I sent Elle an email and I just like, kind of apologized. Uh, no one asked me to do it. It was just the thing I, I felt like doing. And I do that sometimes. You know, you realize that you fucked up and you, it, so long as someone hasn't given you some sort of like no contact order, I, you know, sometimes you see if you can make amends. And then that was that. And and then a few months later, I asked her to do the podcast and she said, no, thank you. And then, um, but then back in this past July, when I'm looking at the shortlist, I'm like, who is left where there's a lot of meat on this bone and there's a lot to get into. And L is a name that like was just a really hard circle. Didn't think she would agree to do it, but she, uh, she, she said yes. And you're about to hear almost immediately once we start why she said yes and why it's irrelevant to where she is now. But we both, you know, we all know what I've been going through with Wallet No Lady, uh, something that happened an embarrassing amount of time ago, and I should probably get over it already. But Els is uh, pretty fresh, just a few months old, and we really connected on that. And this is, I think, a really great conversation about breakups and about love and low-key showcases how fucking hilarious this woman is. Uh, is wild to reconnect with someone seven years later. To feel like you have chemistry, even if it's just conversational chemistry, like you're going to hear. I mean, the riffs, they're fire. And then there's just there were all these little synchronicities kind of going on. Uh, you'll hear them in the episode. There were more that happened, you know, off the episode. We're just going like, oh, my God. Like, And so you get reminded because sometimes we come across longtime exes in the wild. This is a thing we call, you know, many of us might be able to relate to. And this is something that happens sometimes on the pod where you just go like, I am remembering all the reasons why I was so into you, why I thought I might be, you know, on the pathway to falling for you. Like, what a fucking catch.
but I'm chill about it. It's cool. I'm over it. Not only am I over it, like I can, I'm chill. I'm chill. Anyways, before I embarrass myself any further, um, this is my conversation with L. <laughs> when people give you a microphone, do you become a different person? At this point, no. I feel like I feel like I'm a wedding MC right now. Oh my god, have you been one? <laughs> no, thank God. It's like your biggest dream, though. Apparently, <laughs> I want to be like table seven. This is not about you. Sit the fuck down. <laughs> Sit down. This is my speech. Right. So here, here we are. Here we are. Cool. I'm just gonna be quiet until you start talking. Okay. I I left therapy being like, um, go talk to a woman I haven't seen in seven years. Nice. What did your therapist say? Uh, we spent more of the thing talking about uh, my roommate being combative and my parents. Yeah, but that like, sounds I, like a good therapy session. Uh, but I also did bring up like, <laughs> and then I also did bring up like how they, uh, our timeline and mm. you know. You can refresh me what? if you, because I didn't do, I did not relook because I can't do that as well, forementioned. I feel bad for my therapist trying to keep track of like different characters uh, and I don't know how his memory does it. Is he good at it? He's terrifyingly good. Honestly, mine too. I yeah. said the other day to her, I was like, you have a frightening memory. She remembers names of family members. I have 9,000 family members. And it's amazing. Sorry, I'm just going to see what this says in case it's a... Oh, no. Everything's fine. Um, Right. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. You you were saying before, um, wherever you were when I had texted you, like, hey, do you want to do the podcast? And then you were about to tell me a story. And then... Oh, that... Okay. So this was the third time you asked me to do it. This last time. Mm -hmm. Right? Okay. I was... I think I was just in a very different place than I am now. Like I was feeling really cocky and good about my whole life because I was had a boyfriend who I loved and I was like, yeah, I'm in a good place. Like I'll definitely, yeah, like let's chat. And then that was three months ago and then we broke up and now I'm a very different person than I was. So when I agreed to do this, I was ready to be like, "Mm." Every choice I've made is the right choice (laughs) because it led me down this romantic path where I am the happiest I've ever been. And now I'm a broken person, Mm. but we all are. But then does that mean that all those previous decisions were the wrong decision? Oh my God. What I'm saying is, (laughs) did you choose the wrong guy seven years ago? No. (laughs) Honestly, I think if I'm being totally honest. Oh, okay. Oh, right, right. Okay. So no, I know what you're referring to, but now I'm remembering... I, I want to know, by the way, to have a visual that we both have notepads out. Yeah, mine won't be used. Um, but I felt you should embrace it. It's, it's fun. It can be fun to like just randomly jot down words and know that I can't read upside down. Amazing. Yeah, I will. My brain can't do two things at once. I can barely. Hold, I can barely hold this microphone. <laughs> You're doing like, great. I'm like really thinking about like there's a microphone in my hand. Um, yes, I remember now how we sort of started out I was that was the only other time in my life in my adult life that I was single and I was only single for six months this is the second time in my adult life Mm -hmm. that I've ever been single and I was coming off a hard breakup then like I'd say I've had two massive massive heartbreaks in my life 
that was the first one, like sort of around when I met you, I was coming off of my college and grad school boyfriend who I was in love with because we didn't like, we didn't know what mistakes were yet. Like, you know what I mean? Like the older you get, the, the more things, you know, and you're just going into things with less naivete. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So you just like kind of love more mm, without bounds. I used to call it, I uh, I would love recklessly. Recklessly. Thank you. Perfect. You love very recklessly because you you don't know that it's reckless. You Mm -hmm. don't know anything more. It's awesome. It's love. Why would this be bad? I know. What could this possibly lead to that would be negative? Yes. And then you get that first heartbreak and you're like, oh, this, it leads to this and Mm -hmm. it's horrible. Yeah. So I met you and then I met uh, the other person I was dating, I think the same night. Well, yeah, we, I think, did we, that's one of the few things I definitely want to clarify. Did we meet at what the float? Yes. Okay. Okay. For sure. Okay. We chatted that night, I think. And I was, um, for sure inebriated. <laughs> as, on, as one does on, on a something. bar crawl slash dance party. And I also was like, I remember going to that and my friend who took me was, I mean, I was like so broken. I, I, it's a very similar feeling to how I feel now. And she was like, you're going to go to this with me. It was my first one. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you're going to fall in love with the city again and you're going to have a good time. And I was like, all right. So I was really into meeting new people and I was really into just like trying to get my happiness back and like trying to figure out who I was without this five-year relationship that I had been in since I was 19. Mm -hmm. And we had a great chat that night. I remember it was really, really pleasant. And then I left for a while because I do gigs, as you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I came back and we went on... It, we had been chatting for a little while before we we went on we dates. saw each other for a lot longer than I originally remembered. But we didn't see each other with a lot of frequency. Well, because like you'd be out of town because I would be gone. So it's like we saw each other when you were at, we're in town, but we we would it, text a lot. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it does like drag out the the like time between seeing each other. But I remember, and then I met. Um, so I met the other dancer, the other person (laughs) that same night, but we didn't go on our first date or really talk until, uh, several months later. Mm. And if I'm totally, totally honest, I think that I was making a lot of decisions out of fear. And I think that the correct thing to have done was to not have dated anybody because I knew that I was leaving for several years and I was really scared. Like I was moving to a different country and there were a lot of unknowns and I've learned about myself that I'm very afraid of change and unknown things. And I thought that I wanted to have like some sort of foothold in America and I wanted to sort of like keep some of my life here because I was so scared and so I started. You were scared of like the career move. Yeah, I was terrified. Okay. I mean, it was. It's, you weren't scared of like being single. I was also scared of okay. being single. Like I had been in a relationship since I was 19. And then everything changed. He left me. 
I was leaving the only country I'd ever lived in, the only city I'd ever really lived in, mm -hmm. to go to a place where I didn't speak the language. I didn't have any idea what was going on. And I was just afraid. Mm. And so I think I made a lot of decisions out of fear. And I stayed with that person for six years. And I don't think that he was the right person for me at all. And I think that's why I fell so quickly into my most previous relationship. Um, a lot of things. But anyway. The six-year one was, was the other dancer? Or we're talking about the... The six-year one was the other person I was dating congruently with uh -huh. with you. Wait, then is that the same person that like no. I would have seen? Okay, okay, gotcha. No, I've so since 2016, mm -hmm. I've had two relationships. Right, one was that one, that one, and then six years later, um, it was the most recent this, one, yeah. which lasted about mm, two years, maybe officially like a year and a half. Okay. And this one hurts like a bitch. Wow. Like it really hurts. But anyway. I mean, it's far from a but anyway. So, so. there's my recollection of ru the rough sketch of what. Like timeline. Yeah. yeah, yeah of yeah, what yeah. happened. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we're done. We finished the podcast. Great. So that's. Great. We got it done. All right. Table seven. What did I just say? That's, <laughs> is every. Can I, st stop drinking. Is everyone listening satisfied? Cool. <laughs> Good. Um, Are you guys good? Because <laughs> I think we both got any answers we could have needed. No, I feel I really good about yeah, that. Yeah, closure. So great. Have a good life. <laughs> you as well. Be blessed. With uh, no natural disasters anywhere in your vicinity. No. Oh, <laughs> did yeah. you ever see that? Yes, that, I did. Okay. Oh God, <laughs> I Not I my proudest moment. I think you <laughs> were more horrified about that than I was actually. Well, because uh, you know, I'll, I'll say, but. Nico fucking is the one who first made me even aware that I said something fucked up and doesn't, and I didn't know that until two years later, mm. Nico and I had a call on the phone and he brought up the post from when I was all like being butt hurt and I like didn't really under, he's like, he said like it was fucked up and I didn't even really remember. So I had to like go scroll back to that month on my Facebook wall, back when we called them walls and <laughs> RIP. And then, and like, see, like, what did I say? And I saw and I was like, oh yeah, that's a little extra. That's yeah. a little, that's a little much. So it's like a lot much. And, um, and that like stuck with me because then like empathy brain went on. And I was like, okay, well, what would that have been like to see that? That could have been X, Y, and Z. And then, uh, and then like, I think like a year later, I sent you an email to be like, my bad. Yeah. I appreciated that actually. I do remember putting myself back there. I was a little like afraid sounds intense. I did wish multiple, <laughs> not any one natural, I wished multiple interlocking natural disasters i think neat <laughs> if, I, if it had just been like one tornado you'd be like whatever um, i was in the midwest and i'm very afraid of tornadoes well, i mean i knew that's why i started with wait that. did i tell you that well i knew where your gig was right so i was just like oh just no big deal i wish like <laughs> i said like i i reviewed it on the train again today because i was like let me just humble myself again oh and it was like tornado mudslide some other thing um i was like can i order down postmates and it was I remember that. I remember the postmates thing. Also how do you remember the the what I guess I'll call a punchline. I thought it was funny. <laughs> well, I mean like, no, I didn't 
there was something about it. I was like, well, at least it's, you know, kind of funny. At least there was like a joke structure. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. But I saw Twister at a very formative age. And um, now I'm terrified of tornadoes. Did so we ever bond so. back then about our fear of tornadoes? Because I also... Really? Was terrified by Twister and like... Oh my God, we did talk about this. We talked about it on the train. Oh, I remember. It's like a core memory. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, No, no, no. I remember. Yeah. In first grade, Mrs. Gundla told us that like there was a tornado once in New Jersey like 80 years prior. And then like I listened to 1010 Winds every night going to sleep as a child probably for five or six years. Oh Because I want... If there was a tornado, I wanted to know that it was happening so we could all go to the basement. We, I was going to be the protector and let everyone, mom, dad, surely you're not paying attention to the news. Yeah. I will pay attention to the news and let you know when there's a tornado coming or like the fall of democracy. I will make sure everyone knows. Did you really care about the fall of democracy or did you only care about tornadoes? Because I'm not going to fuck around like I was afraid of tornadoes. Yeah, no, I was. And apparently you were too. Something no. happened to us in a fear period. Tornadoes were a big thing. When we were a certain age. Well, when you're tiny and it's so big, it just seems like the thing like, because when you're small, you kind of can imagine yourself being sucked up into a thing. They made it seem like it was the, the, like the end of the world. Yeah. And torna- I thought tornadoes were going to be a way bigger problem. <laughs> okay, than- Mr. Mulaney. <laughs> well, he's got a point. About- Quicksand. Yeah. yeah. Wow. See, do you all like understand as I talk to the wall uh you all understand like what i maybe saw in this woman because <laughs> she i say Melanie, and she can quote the sec his second album where he tells a joke <laughs> thank you yeah listen it wasn't just the being gorgeous thing it's no, a it's- classic did you see maria maria bamford's book on my table i i did notice that because i love comedy and you do that's the only way we can deal with things. And also tornadoes, because um, those are fucked. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. heartbreak. Uh, so you, I, really got, you really got me in a soft spot there. Because <laughs> as it was, any time on that gig that there was a tornado warning, oh, it was actually... Did Billy order this? Did Billy order this <laughs> via Postmates? They have that here? It was 2015, 16. No, they, there was like a whole um, agreement. I learned later that they weren't going to tell me. <laughs> about tornadoes because i was so scared of them so thanks a lot for that yeah that was well that that post was the beginning of learning that uh sometimes i impulsively post a little too much when i'm heartbroken then there's this comic who would make fun of me daniel paraffin he would say things like yeah billy i hope you go through a heartbreak again because man those facebook posts are fire they were for sure i never understood it till nico pointed that out honestly i think it's actually really important that uh people who are funny go through things that are traumatic Mm. because if you don't you have nothing to put a band-aid on with comedy yeah and since i wasn't molested i have to deal with i have to make trauma be well like she broke my heart incredible uh you know heart molested heart i love that for you again you you all see what i saw <laughs> stop she it. said heart molested heart molested i'm exploding right now neat <laughs> um table seven enough god i'm getting so rowdy over there you see what i mean about having a microphone yeah i'm like oh, what's up folks and please um no i mean you you're, you're you say that like you're not like that without a microphone like this but is, there, it's different though it's, when you have the tactile thing in your hand yeah you have a prop now like great correct but it's still because i never know what to do with my hands and now i'm like well that's taken care of yeah now my brain can take over and do whatever weird thing it's gonna do yeah but that's um, l that's that's yes. that's l that's who i am that's who you are uh no that's so funny yes we need to have 
See, I think this is, I think this is good for us. This is like heartbreak over and over. I wonder, I wonder if there is a world I've been journaling too much where we seek it out because it is what feels familiar and what feels the most helpful. Like, do you think we subconsciously seek out pain a little bit? Mm, I, I mean, I, I don't think I do. Not um, emotionally. I just think I have accepted that heartbreak is the other half, the other balance to love. And I think I've always seen it as like, I was, I was really heavily informed by South Park as a kid. Okay. And so there's an episode where... Uh, I think Chef is teaching Butters, like, um, how you have to take the good with the bad. So mm -hmm. he goes, you know, you have to have something good to to be – if you feel sad, it means you had something good. Mm -hmm. Like, if if you want to make a baby cry, first you give it a lollipop, then you take it away. Right. If it didn't have the lollipop to begin with, it wouldn't have anything to be sad about. Mm -hmm. So so I've always kind of accepted – you know, I, you see people who they're very – tight and closed off emotionally and they're very guarded and they have the walls up and they kind of only like love like this much like just a little bit above the line yeah because then they, they, they're only going to feel bad a little below the line but like i don't want to live a life like i want to feel the highs and highs and i and i mean i'm a natural gambler so i go like that i have to accept the risk that if i want to experience love that that is str that strong there is a chance that either like when we break up or they die um or if i'm lucky when i die first i guess yeah. um that i you know you feel the same level of pain but i don't know like i feel like that's, that's a trade-off really beautiful actually no it really is because you could have the problem of like an avoidant where they never let themselves get past a certain level mm -hmm. and that has to be the most hellacious internal struggle well i frequently attract that kind of woman i mean i think that was like my pattern in college and like right after college was, you know, the, the woman I talked to, I've mentioned before we started recording her mm -hmm. other, there was a lot of women who were kind of, they were really funny and beautiful, but they also, that kind of came with this cost of their guarded. And I think you were one of the first women, like I clicked with really hard where I was like, she's funny. And she is like, a, she's like, she's not afraid of her heart. Yeah. And that was really attractive. I appreciate that. I I'm going to start considering that a strength instead of a weakness because I, I do, th there has to be some sort of balance though. So my most recent ex, mm -hmm. um, very, very effervescent, really magnetic. Now I'm a fake smart person. Can you just remind me what, don't remind me, remind the listeners what effervescent means. Just sparkly, um, outgoing. And I think that you and I maybe are attracted to a very similar type of person. He seems cheerful. Mm -hmm. He seems like the life of the party, but he is deeply, deeply, deeply broken mm -hmm. in a way that I think you and I probably can't understand. And I think with a lot of avoidance, I've obviously been reading a lot of uh, breakup books. So I'm using like, I'm doing like a lot Let's of like a codependent one at the top. Buzzwords. How to stop controlling others and start caring for Here's yourself. My other one. Getting Past Your Breakup by Susan <laughs> Elliott. How, how to turn a devastating loss into the best thing that ever happened to you. And Go, then, girl. Also, I'm learning how to draw because <laughs> I needed copies. Uh, but I think that with that comes a lot of like, suppressing of actual terrible things. So I don't know a lot about these women that you really fell for that are 
I'm assuming very similar to my ex, effervescent, bubbly, like outgoing, attractive in that way, magnetic. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Uh, for some. Okay. The 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 ones like before you were primarily like the, I'm like really cool. Like they're okay. actually not bubbly, but they're hilarious, mm-hmm. right? Very witty, very clever, very good with a riff. Mm-hmm. But again, like kind of emotionally closed off, um, don't want to let someone in too close. So, so that's why like someone being willing to let in was so like, oh, like awesome. Like this, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's, I don't have to trade off the comedy for feelings. Like they can be in the same person. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, isn't it? Because perhaps because I, I don't want to call myself naive, but that's kind of the best word I have for it right mm-hmm. now. Like I really go through life blissfully ignorant of a lot of things that could possibly hurt me. And when I met this person, this most recent person, we'd actually been friends for years, five years, maybe. Okay, It's a really messy start and it's a messy end and it's messy, but do you want to share any of that? Well, I don't know if we have time. <laughs> I, got, I got time. It's up to you. No I just pressure. don't want you to have to edit out a lot of like uh, details because it it's taking me, me. Well, just just like I'm I'm verbose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that about you. I you, know. th- you say that like it's a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing. <laughs> I've just been in the editor's seat. I've seen the cutting room floor and it takes a really long time and I don't want to put you through that. No, it's fine. But... um. I don't want to give too much like information about of course. him, but I also want to scream into the void and send him tornadoes via Postmates. So, you know, it's an internal struggle. I mean, allow you're welcome to use the RSS feed like a Postmate if you want to, but <laughs> you don't have to at all. I won't, you know, I, well, I I'm think not going to push. I think what I'm trying to say is like, I was so attracted to this person because of all of the things that I saw in him that I think I value in myself. Like what? Being personable, bubbly, funny, welcoming. And my ex before that was exactly the opposite of that. He was? (laughs) He seemed like, uh, I only knew in the context of like late night drinking and dancing in the streets. Yeah. But he seemed like an outgoing guy. No, no, he no, he was really he still chose. That. Okay, no, I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> trust me, I know. I mean, I don't want to. Oh man, he was also he also had a lot of of struggles on his own. That once again, I mean, you and I come from I think similarly loving families. I mean, I know that your family does have like. They got their thing, but they love the kid. The kids are loved. The kids are loved. Yeah. And it's, it's not like with my, um, previous ex, mm-hmm. I don't know if I should give him a name or not to clarify. Whatever you want. Oh God. Give him a letter, give him a name. You can give him an adjective if you want. Whatever. Dan- Dancer sounds face. ridiculous. No, I don't want to call him that. Um, well anyway, he, you can refer to them by natural disaster you wish upon their area. I fucking love that. Of course you okay. Do. I don't know if I wish a natural disaster on him because I've gotten over it. But I will call him Brooklyn. Okay. Perfect. Because we lived together in Brooklyn. You did. We did. We were together for a long time. I, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> um, 
he was he was a he was an orphan essentially. Oh, I mean, like had no siblings, had no. That's just something that I personally can't understand. I know that you can't either mm -hmm. because you have a family who loves you, and so do I. And they've got their issues, but we have that. So I was really his only thing, and I was gone. Like yeah. I'm always gone. And he made me feel really bad about that. And he would make sure that when I was around, I was like his only. It's like, why do we got to go out? Like, you're finally home. Like, let me have you on the couch. Yeah. Or it was like, we needed to plan things like eight weeks in advance. There was a lot of control. There was mm -hmm. a lot of control that I sort of had to deal with. And I sort of swept under the rug because I love hard and I had made this decision that this was my person. And so I sort of allowed that. And then with um, Germany, yeah. <laughs> um, he was the polar opposite of that. He welcomed everybody in all the time. Honestly, to the point where when everybody feels special, nobody feels special. Yeah. So for our entire relationship, he was a better friend. He was better at being a friend mm -hmm. because he makes his friend all feel valued. And then when you are his partner, you don't feel valued at all. Mm -hmm. And he grew up in a cult. So that kind of... Stop it. <laughs> so it kind of makes sense, right? Too much love. It's too much... like Criminally too much love. Correct. <laughs> it's literally too much group think. Wow. But I... But I as a total antidote to what I was going through and feeling like I was stuck and sort of like imprisoned, of course I jumped on that because I was like, oh, this must be what I need. This like huge sense of community, this like person who is a friend to everyone. Mm -hmm. But that, like you said, is, I don't want to say it's a front, but it's, it doesn't experience the highs and lows of having real interpersonal relationships. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like everybody is of equal import. Everyone gets to get, everyone gets six. Everyone gets six. Exactly. Because it's a frozen lake, you know, it is gliding on the surface and you're not allowed to see what's underneath. And that's a problem. Mm -hmm. And if you are anything like me, which I think you are, we love that chase because we love to know, or I won't speak for you. I loved, I'm realizing this now in my two therapies a week, trying to like break through that and trying to be the special person who changes this person mm -hmm. and who, you know, I was fighting for a lot of love. He was very avoidant mm -hmm. and ultimately it made me feel like total shit about myself. And I'm like rebuilding from the ground up. Yeah. When you, when you describe Brooklyn and Germany as like these ways, then like, what would you have described me? Mm, you know, I had a really nice time with you. I <laughs> no, I did, I did. No, 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 no. Uh, it's just, it's just, it's like <laughs> what? No, it's it's a very pleasant <laughs> description. We had a lot of fun. I don't, I don't know that we ever got far enough into our relationship for me to have super strong negative feelings. Because the last time we saw, we were in a the same physical space. We were like in full tears together. What were we doing? Where were we? Uh, well, it was like we, we were having. Uh, the last time we saw each other, like we had this big like 
emotional talk because you were getting ready to leave for that gig. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of complicated feelings about like, what did that mean about us? And what did that mean about you and wanting to date anybody? Um, And like, you know, I know I had strong feelings and you expressed strong feelings as well. So, you know, like there, there were, there were allegedly feelings there, but (laughs) I think that my feelings for you were not as strong as yours were for me. Mm -hmm. And I wish I actually learned a lot about how to treat people after I learned about how not to treat you Mm -hmm. truly, because you said something and it was harsh. Like you texted it to me, but you really had a point. You said, listen, if you didn't want to be with me and you just wanted to be with someone else, I wish you had just said that. And I also wish I had just said that. And I'm trying now to say that to people, honestly, ever since then, like, Mm -hmm. That was a massive lesson. That was a huge lesson in growing up. Mm-hmm. Do you think it had more to do with not being that interested in pursuing more with me? Or do you think it had more to do with just like picking him? It's a great question. In the moment, it was more about picking him, mm-hmm. I think. But if I were a more mature person, I, I don't want to negate six years of my life, but... And there's really, there's no going back. The decision I made is what I made. Mm-hmm. But the smarter thing, the more evolved thing would have been to not pick anybody mm-hmm. and to lean into the discomfort that I was so afraid of. But and say, I'm moving. I need to go without strings. Yes. And maybe I see you if I get back, but don't count on it. And I need to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I need to like be more comfortable in myself. But I wasn't. And I'm still not, you know, I still. Just this morning, I woke up. My new thing now is that I journal every morning. It's great. I'm an external processor. And if I'm not saying it out loud or writing it down, I cannot make sense of it. But I'm starting to notice that like, I'm once again putting a lot of weight on what other people think of me. And that's where I start to go completely astray. Like when you give somebody else the calculator of your own self-worth, it's just a zero sum losing game, Mm -hmm. you know? And I have done that with every relationship I've ever been in. And even if I'm starting to date someone, if they don't text me, I'm like, oh, I'm a piece of fucking garbage. Mm -hmm. Like that's so fucking wrong. And I was doing that for sure. I was found a person who I was going to put my self-worth into so that it would be safe or something. I don't know. But are you cognizant of that in the moment? Definitely not. I mean, I am now, Mm -hmm. but I surely wasn't then. And looking back, I see it. It's really bad in this last relationship. I was 100% for him. I completely gave myself up. Like I, he was the holder of my self-worth. And that's a terrible thing to put somebody who's so broken in that position. You're going to lose every fucking time, Mm -hmm. you know? But the right thing, if I could go back and live a perfect life, the right thing would have been to be comfortable being alone and being single because I was only single for six months out of this relationship that I had had since I was essentially a child. Mm -hmm. 19 is young. I would have figured myself out. 
and maybe I would be able to see red flags more clearly. Maybe I would have been able to walk away from relationships that didn't serve me sooner. Mm. Um, maybe I wouldn't be as hurt as I am now, but that's not what happened. (laughs) So you said you, you can't go back. And it was interesting because this morning, like I'm in the shower and for some reason I, you know, my brain's fucking crazy. Me too. Yeah. Well, I think it's a creative's brain. It just goes all over the place and Mm -hmm. you see where it goes because maybe you find something interesting or artistic or funny, Mm -hmm. uh, whatever. And so, but I don't know why, but for some reason I found myself in this like scenario in my head where I'm like kind of talking to a genie and it's like, you can go back to a moment in time. I want to know then what I knew now, but I had to place myself in a moment in time. And I, it wasn't like I could have, I don't have the knowledge of like who won the Super Bowl. Um, you can't cheat like that. So mm-hmm. it was more like, I want to know about myself and I want to know about her, what I know now, but I want to know it then. Right. Uh, with Wallet No Lady, I was operating a lot of fear. There's a lot of fear involved. Yeah. Um, and so I had to pick a moment in time to drop myself in where I have this knowledge. Cause I did think like, well, I want to go like, okay, mid, let's say maybe mid July ish 2021, because I also was like, oh, well, I don't want to do it too soon. And then I'm overcorrecting too early. And then like, you know, maybe I'm making different types of mistakes. Mm-hmm. out of the fear of like, cause I have this knowledge. Like I know things about Walla No Lady after the fact that like, it just took so, if I had just known that that's how like, her brain operated and where the, where she was coming from on this and, you know, how she felt in these moments and what was going on with, I feel like I would have made slightly different decisions that maybe would have, I mean, I mean, it's the fantasy, right? That would have fixed everything. All that to say, if you could know about yourself then, what you know now, what moment in time would you go drop yourself into? I wish I had... I'm just going to say the first thing that comes to my mind, because of course there are a lot of things, Mm -hmm. places and times I wish I could go back to. But um, in my most recent relationship, I think I would have gone back to last October. Okay. A year, like a year ago. Yeah. Like a year ago. um, I was in Austria and on a gig and um, my then boyfriend who I had really jumped through hoops to be with cheated on me. And I just forgave him because I was so in and the stakes were so high and I just let it go. And there were so many, Oh man, I wish I had the respect for myself that I have now because I wouldn't have, I don't think I would have, continued and revered him so much Mm. because I put him on a pedestal, you know, I couldn't, I get so blinded when I'm in love, like, especially in the first maybe two years, I think I do come to eventually, like with Brooklyn, I did love him. I for sure loved him. You know, Mm. I was like, I, I was in, he was my person. And then after six years, I finally left because, you know, he really was not treating me very well. Mm. And with Germany, um, he kind of wasn't treating me well the whole time. But it was masked by the fact that we had been friends for years. 
And I was like, oh, this is just how he is. Like, he made a mistake, you know, he drank too much. He hooked up with someone at our mutual place of work, but that's fine. No. Did he like, cheat on you just the one time? Uh, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm, I'm, I can with pretty much certainty mm-hmm. say it was just the one time and he felt very bad about it. Why, what, why, why do you think you were more fucked about this one than the others? Um, because I think I really, really loved him as a person, you know? He has this way of of accepting people into his sort of, like, orb that is addictive. I think I was addicted to him. And in fact, I remember saying that to my mom. The way he treated me was unacceptable. Right. And I see that now. But I didn't see it when I was in it mm-hmm. because I... He was like my salvation. I know that sounds insane. What's well, not insane? I felt the same way, but just it, you know, Walna lady treated me very, very nicely. She had trouble with double standards, but like it. it, it what do you mean? <laughs> Say more. I, she, she, like there, you know, look, she was out of a. She'd been with one man for like ten years and was like learning how to be dating, and she was dating a guy who was like. You know, I I was like, hey, like, not, I don't know, like, non-monogamy seemed to fit for which where she was at, and I'm a good person for that. So it's like, and she I, she didn't really know how to do that, and there are things that she wanted me to not do that she was doing, and uh, that's what I'm saying though. There's something about these people that are a little bit unavailable uh, that like ignites some kind of sleeper cell. I was planning to have like hot boy summer that summer, and then all of a sudden, like I kissed her on the corner and then i'm walking away in my head i was like i'm in big trouble yeah because i was like i know exactly i'm the kind of guy where like it's not like if it's gonna click at all i have to know right away it's just i know that if it's gonna go down that like love trajectory mm-hmm. which like not the freak it but it's like i was like it's not like oh i fall in love right away but i can like recognize the trajectory i'm like i think this is the path that this thing is on because like i can feel that thing early that indicates like that's where it's gonna go and like you were you were someone who i thought this is someone like if we date on a path like i'm going to fall for this woman mm-hmm. and i walked away from my date with walno lady being like i'm in big trouble yeah. because i'm gonna fall i'm i think i'm gonna fall madly in love with that woman oh, no. i was like, and then like as it progressed like you know that's what it was <sighs> Um, and it was like, you know, I've been in love before and I've been in relationships before. And even then this like felt like the secret boss mode level. Like, I don't know if you ever played video games as as a kid. No, I wasn't a gamer. Sometimes you play like a, a, like an RPG game and you're like character going around the world. But, and so like, if you tap like the third lamppost on the left, like this door appears and there's a whole secret level. It's not even in the guidebook. Oh yeah. That's what love with her felt like. Whereas like, I didn't know this was part of the game. Yeah. I don't know if I'll even get to that level again. It's sometimes a level where like you get one shot at it. It doesn't happen. Hey, you had fun and you, you know, maybe you spend a day in it. Maybe you spend, you know, 10 years in it. Yeah. And and so like, I don't know if I'll feel that again. I don't, I think I'll feel love again. Yeah. But now it's like, I know there's the best heroine in the world somewhere out there. It's that. Yes. It's but, exactly that. And now I just got to settle for like second or third best heroine because like my, that dealer, you know, blocked me on Instagram. So I don't. <laughs> This is actually really valuable to hear out loud because I, this is how I feel about Germany. my recent ex, Germany. Yes. That sounds like we're saying Jeremy, but it's not, that's not his name. Let them think that. Let's really <laughs> throw him off the fucking trail. Okay. Well, it was like that. It felt like a drug. Like the highs were so high. So Unreal. High. But what I've started to discover 
is that that is not what we deserve. And I don't mean that in a bad way. We deserve something that is like, that's consistent and calm and doesn't make you feel huge spikes in cortisol and then huge drops because it's addictive and it's not good. Things that are addictive and that you're addicted to make you make choices for yourself that you wouldn't normally make. Like, you know that. I know, I know that. that I know that with dice, but not. It's the same. And I know that that could happen with a with a woman, but like I didn't think I was making unhealthy. Like I I wrote a cover letter because I was like, maybe I should just take a look and not like change my career path. But like you know, I, I applied to like there was a position at Vulture open. I was like, that's a position I actually make super sense for. Let me do this. And yeah. like she's helping with the resume and the cover letter. And she, I, I wrote a fucking great cover letter. And if the editor over there d- didn't already dislike me on the internet, man, I should have gotten that job. Uh, I don't think Meg Wright likes me. I just have a feeling. Oh, um, yeah. but We're like, artists. So, Everything's subjective. It's true. So, so it's not like, oh, like I'm going to do things that are unhealthy when someone changes who they are. But it was just like, it was almost like this is someone who makes me want to be the best version of me. I completely understand that. I do. Because I felt the same way. But. However, <laughs> Sense it. it's, you don't, you don't know, you can take the good things with the bad. Nothing is black and white. Germany helped me in a lot of ways. I learned a lot of new instruments. I got way better at different languages. You know, I, I, there are things that I love about myself now because of him mm-hmm. that were good choices for me. And it, frankly, it got me out of a relationship that that I don't know if I ever would have gotten out of if I hadn't had. Did you get out of the thing with Brooklyn kind of to get into Germany? Is it was kind of like a, a I don't want it? to admit that to myself. I want to believe I did it just for myself. But if I'm being totally There's, truthful, yeah. if he hadn't been there, I wouldn't have gotten out of it. And I needed to get out of mm-hmm. it. I needed to. But yes, I did. I did things that I wasn't proud of. But not everything I did was a thing I wasn't proud of. There were a lot of things that were opened up in me that I'm really proud of. Mm -hmm. These people that we love are not all good and all bad, you know, but, but those super highs and super lows are an indicator that it is not right. A family member told me, uh, I think it was earlier this year. Cause like, you know, I got closer with my sisters and they've been real helpful. Um, Fuck. Okay. Uh, sorry. Do you need a tissue? No, 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 no. I, um, you, you, I don't know. You know how like some like chicks in Bushwick free bleed? Like I freak, I like, nah, let it That's go. That's great. No, I- go ahead. <laughs> no, um. <laughs> sorry, just that just registered. Yes. <laughs> um, I, no, I shouldn't say she because like we all know that the free bleeders are days. No, um, okay. <laughs> and he's canceled. You okay. got a great, you, you really trying to get yourself canceled. <laughs> They didn't have to say any of that. Okay. Mm. Um, one of my sisters was saying, you know, that our mom told her that like a a dimmer flame burns longer, something like that. Mm-hmm. I have to check my text to figure out the wording. But like, and I hate that idea as an addict in like truly real life. Luckily, not an alcoholic. Luckily, I'm not addicted to drugs. So I got my whatevers. It's not that like, like, okay, cool, fine. Like maybe it's more sustainable, but there's still that knowledge and to me, that sounds like a less awesome life to like know that that's out there. It feels almost like. Do you ever see Pippin? I feel like I've complained. I Do you remember think me complaining about you every time? 
every time I think about Pippin, <laughs> which is not never. I'm not going to say it's all the time, but it's not zero time. <laughs> so it's a non-zero number. I, yes, I have seen Pippin. I remember you said, oh my God, I remember. Do you remember what my take is, what yeah, my frustration you, you is? you said I did, something about you don't want to live a normal life. Or like, how can you live a normal life when you know that there's all of this like other potential? Am I on the right track? Kind of like now I, I've read something where maybe the ending has been changed or not changed. But the, the ending of Pippin that I saw, mm. the, the circus version that they did on Broadway, uh, it was fantastic. Except for the ending. I almost walked the fuck out. Oh, yeah. I saw I think I'd seen it around that time, like maybe not long before. Um you know the guy. He's he's go. He's the son of Charlemagne. He's going on all his adventure, or whatever. And there's this this normal lady and her fucking kid, and they're you know he kind of falls for her. And but the end of the thing, he's trying to find his greatness and find the extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And then it feels like he settles, and the message is like, oh, just find the extra in the ordinary. And I was like, fuck that. And I don't know. I just remember being really let down by the end of Pippin. And I have, I've always had very strong feelings about it. And enough so that seven years later, you're going, I think about who you I do. I, I think, think about, about it. I do. I actually, wow, this is so interesting that you're bringing this up because I remember agreeing with you at the time. And now Ooh. I feel like a dimmer flame. Well, so there are two kinds of fire, right? Like there's the kind of fire that that burns down a whole building and it's bright and it's hectic and it's exciting, but it's, it's, you know, it demolishes things. Mm -hmm. And then there's like a candle and people are really drawn to it Mm -hmm. and it's not dangerous, but it's fascinating, you know? And I think that it might be, I don't want to say healthier, but if you can start to think of this sort of like magnetic, flame as being something that's calm and consistent it can be just as beautiful i don't i don't want to date a firework i don't want to be a firework Mm -hmm. because then it it bursts and it's over and that's not what you want in your life if Mm -hmm. i may i mean like you and i are both lucky we both do what it is that i think we've wanted to do to, to an extent but it's really draining you know like I, oh, I'm in this show right now. Mm -hmm. And the beginning is the male lead. This is a, this is a very esoteric art form that I do. So please know it was written uh, many years ago by a German. Everything that we do in my industry is very um is, Are you about to just poetic. reference Nazi stuff and go, it was a long time ago? Actually, this the person who wrote this is, uh, <laughs> yeah, deeply problematic in that way. But anyway, so um, the beginning, the first act, it is unbelievably beautiful, mm. almost grotesquely so. Like something that is just so beautiful, it's almost too beautiful. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Have you ever read the book Parfum? Perfume? It's also a movie. It's It could have been in that language or English. The title is Perfume. I don't think I read it. Uh, you might have seen the movie. What and was it, it called? Perfume, but Definitely. it's in French. It's you it's possible. At the end of it, they I don't create, like to read when I watch movies. It's like a <laughs> No, I think that they I don't think they did it in French, but it's um 
I can't remember who wrote it, but it's essentially a horror movie where they create a perfume that's so beautiful mm. and so attractive that um, everybody kills each other at the end. Like that's that's how beautiful um, this is sometimes, almost overwhelmingly so. Yeah. And in the first scene, the male lead is with Venus, the goddess of love. Mm -hmm. And they are in her like realm in the river or wherever it's set. And he knows only pure joy and like erotic beauty. And mm -hmm. it's heaven. And he keeps coming to and saying, no, I need to go and experience real life. I need to go and experience like pain. And she's like, but come and just be happy with me. Like, mm -hmm. look, I'm a literal goddess. And he's like, and this makes me hate men. Like, why the fuck do you need to leave a literal goddess? But anyway, <laughs> now I'm going to start arguing both sides. But he's like, no, I need to go and feel something that's real. And I need to go and experience music. And I need to go and experience pain and and all the other things there are so many beautiful things to the human experience that are small and don't need to be so explosive and i think that because we're artists we go for things that are romantic and dramatic yeah. obviously but what i'm trying to train myself to do is appreciate the magnetic flame that burns for longer and can be just as beautiful without being so destructive where my confusion is and not that like you or i have the answer so when i ask this i don't ask this like you have the answer but whatever but like how do you tell the difference between what is a responsible level of flame mm, that's and oh i don't think this is really much of a connection oh they're they're nice they're pretty good oh yeah she's kind of fun and all but like i'm not really feeling the the spark so how do i tell the difference between what's not a spark and what's a spark but like a responsible level of spark i, I went on this day, day on saturday and am i like am i being obstinate that like i'm not super into it or i'm like I'm, I'm seeing her positive qualities i'm like i i could spend another few hours with her at a, on another date mm -hmm. um like we we made out because I, I got kind of cornered in her bedroom. I I really have not felt this clueless in a long time. Where like she's giving me a tour of her apartment. She's like, I only have five minutes, and I didn't even know I was going up to her apartment. I thought I was just walking her home. Um, it was an afternoon date, and so like she shows me like her outdoor space, but it's th you have to go through the bedroom uh. to go to the outdoor space, and then when we come back in, as we're, I think we're gonna exit the bedroom, she walks to the door and closes it, oh and I go like, is this what it's like to be a woman? Where oh I've been had my exit blocked. <laughs> Wait, did you feel unsafe? No, no, I felt, I felt, I felt safe, but okay. I was just like, oh yeah, no, it's very noticeable. Like I now cannot because she closes it and turns and puts her hands like right on this coat and starts to unbutton it. I go like. Oh, she, because I didn't know, I wasn't feeling super spark and I wasn't even getting it from her that she was super interested, but I was like, okay, I guess we're going to make out. And like, we made out, it's okay, my body kind of reacted. I was like, okay, maybe I do this again, but I'm not feeling the sparks that I'm used to feeling when I know this is someone I want to like be romantic with. Oh, man. So my, my problem with this whole like a dimmer flame burns, you know, lasts longer or whatever to, to have like a candle versus, you know, the, the firework is recognizing a spark that is a spark but is like the right level of spark and not dulling my expectations so much that i go like 
Well, I'm not feeling the spark, but I'm not supposed to feel the spark. The sparks are scary, so maybe I'm supposed to stay with the, you know, settle for this lady and her stupid kid for 10 years. <laughs> the way you just locked eyes with me and said that was for some reason the funniest thing. I don't know. I don't know. That that would be my concern with this philosophy is is mm. is how to tell that difference then. I think yes, I feel you. And I have been asking myself this question in the mirror every fucking day. Like Literally, I'm to the point where what is love? Like, what makes love different from friendship? What is it that, like, what is that spark? I don't know. I think it's like I, I want to die next to this person 60 years from now. But, or maybe more realistically 45 with what I eat. But yeah. Oh, God. But like, I don't, did I feel that with my ex? Did he feel that with me? That's where I go crazy. That's where I go insane because I'm like, did he ever feel that for me? But it doesn't matter what he felt. It's what did you feel for him? That's the only thing you could figure out and know. I would have fucking died for him. I would have done anything. Like I loved him so much, but it wasn't good. Like it wasn't right. And why? Why was I ready to like absolutely, you know, give up everything that I am just to make sure that he's happy. That's not good. That's not good. Like we have to reprogram ourselves or we are not going to fucking make it. The, as just as I was about to say, I was like, yeah, but like, would she, but like she kind of did, but then also thinks I wanted to say, like, I don't think that's the most unhealthy attitude. If they're also feeling that way about you. And it sounds like he wasn't ready to, he wouldn't have done that level of sacrifice for you. And I was thinking, why not? You know, like, cause he's an idiot. <laughs> he had me must. Be. He had you. He had a goddess. Thank you. Ugh, that keeps me up at night. Cause like, if I'm proud of myself and I feel like I've done everything and I've done everything to be in my other relationships, I saw where I went wrong. I saw it. I knew what I did wrong. In this one, I didn't do anything wrong. You know, like I was the perfect girlfriend. And then it must maybe be that's that, where I went wrong. And then it must be, well, if I didn't do anything wrong, then maybe I am wrong. But like you are not wrong. He's an idiot. He must be. It must be. It must be. I had to like just stop myself from like saying mildly extreme things like I <laughs> like I posted on Facebook seven years ago. Um but like I will like bring it down, but like I would like and again, I, I hope you don't take this any sort of like wrong way. I would have punched him in the face <laughs> if it meant like I could get like a chance to like go out with you, Thank you and you're done with that. I appreciate that. I would have like idiot. Thank you. That shouldn't make me feel better. I should be able to find it in myself, but it does. Yeah. But it does. I'm yeah, human. from from a guy <laughs> to hear it from a man you don't want to date. But like just to say like <laughs> If he doesn't rec- – so so, but I don't think it's important to – I think it, it, it's a folly to think like, well, did they feel the same way? I don't know. Like, f- fuck that guy. Like, you don't have to think about like, did he – how did he feel about you? Clearly not enough. Yeah. And that's all that matters. Yeah. Um, Hard not to take it personally, but it, – it, it Yeah. But it's just weird that I was about to say like, oh, but Walla Nolay would have like done – but then clearly not because right. she didn't. We're right. not together. Right. Three times over, four times over, yeah. depending how we count it. Mine tried to break up with me a few times too. And I was like, no, that's ridiculous. Like we have a good thing here. But to go back to your question of winning, like- And you keep winning back. Yes. Yeah. You know what? I actually was really like trying to grab onto the little things. Like, do you like waking up with me in the morning? Yes. Do you like going to sleep with me at night? Yes. Do you like- these like 
little like flowers that we grew on your balcony like don't you like that and he was like yeah so it was like me trying to point out all of the little good things that we had and I don't understand why it wasn't enough you know and maybe that's why because maybe he's looking for something that doesn't exist some sort of explosive thing that's less consistent and maybe we're all kind of looking for that you know maybe he was that explosive less consistent thing for me and his ex before me who I don't think he ever really got over and he was engaged to was that explosive inconsistent thing for him and maybe that's what we're drawn to I don't know but it's that (laughs) It's hard not to go, yeah, to those big flames. But but again, it's, you know, I think there's so many people who find things that are comfortable and safe, maybe like the end of Pippin. And that, and that always seemed like, I remember growing up and that would be like shown like in TV and film and in books, like like people who were settling for something. It was almost like, like a B plot or like side characters who like, <clears throat> the main characters on the adventure and the side characters were always the ones who were like, yeah, I'm fucking. She hates her husband. This whole fucking movie. Why didn't she leave him? Like, but oh, because it consistently pays the bills, and that always seemed like a life I didn't want to live. Yeah. And uh, and but it also feels like a false choice. But maybe we can look at consistency differently. This is me. This is not me. Like having some philosophy that I've had. I'm externally processing Please. as it comes out of my face. Um, maybe it's it's less the consistency of something stable. You know, like oh a stable job as an accountant. But hear me out. What would it be like if, because if we're talking about things that are explosive and you have to change yourself for, I would argue that that is worse than, imagine this, picture this reality. You wake up in the morning to a text from the person that you are in a relationship with saying, I hope you have a great day today. And you get that every morning and you don't have to worry about if you're going to wake up to that text. It's the inconsistency where you don't always get that text or something has happened that's broken the trust that keeps you addicted to looking for that text. But imagine what it would be like if somebody just said, how was your day? And then like supported you in all the things that you were doing and never made you feel bad. I mean, I get that you want like the fireworks. And obviously I do too, because I am in a profession where that is taken to the extreme and I see it all the time, but I don't think that is what we actually want. I think that the feeling of anxiety is so horrible Mm. that to get that hit was the only way I knew how to get out of that anxiety. But I think I would prefer if I were at my healthiest, just something that's consistent, where I felt valued, where I felt safe. I don't think I've ever really mm. felt safe in any relationship except for maybe my one in college because we didn't know any better, you mm. know? Like, so so what's next for you? I mean, I know you said you're, we were talking before we turned the mics on, like neither of us are really like swiping and doing stuff that's too active. But I know this is still, uh, you know, I think you said it's been like three months, so mm. it's really fresh. And, it's fresh. What what do you see yourself doing moving forward in the dating world? Are you like are you gonna date? Are you gonna be like I'm just you know maybe I'll I'll fuck around but like I'm not doing anything serious? Like what's 
What's um, L doing? I haven't really figured that out yet. I think I need to be alone, mm-hmm. like really alone for the first time in my life, mm-hmm. you know, because I need to be good enough in myself to like not wait for a text from somebody and have it mean the, you know, be all end all of my day, Sure. which I've never gotten to. So that's what I need. What about sex? I don't know. What do people do? Sometimes they um, they take their clothes off. So hear me out. I'm going to say something that's, I think, controversial. Um, but, oh, I've heard you talk about this before. I'm going to say it. Fuck it. Say it. Uh, I think, do you believe in demisexuality? Roll your eyes. Just do it and get over it. Um <laughs> As an identity marker that needs a flag or as like a way some people operate? Let's go with the way some people operate. Maybe it doesn't need a flag. <clears throat> yeah, that was always the thing. It wasn't like, hey, that's not how people are. I just was like, you don't need a word because because they're used to like before casual sex was like considered socially acceptable. That's how like everyone was kind of supposed to be. Um, and being slutty or just like having sex without like emotional attachment was was abnormal culturally. And so like I don't think just now that like the sluts are like on an uptick means like well we want to flag to just just be you don't I don't think a, a word was needed. But yes, I do agree that there are people like that, and I think I have my best sex when I am emotionally connected. When I do feel that, whether it's in a relationship or out of a relationship, the more emotional connected I feel the more intimacy there is, I think the better the sex has been for me. And that's part of why I've been like low key, like pseudo celibate for so much this year, just cause I'm like, I'm, I'm my inconveniently, my cock is craving intimacy. And like, I, <laughs> it is inconvenient. It's very inconvenient. Yes. I agree. And like that people can operate that way. I do a little bit too. I just don't use that word. <laughs> I think I am that in the extreme. I really mm. do. Like I really, Maybe it's because I'm loyal. I don't know. I don't think you have to figure out a reason. I don't think it's like a defect. I think it's a totally like, again, it's my it's my optimal version of sexuality is emotionally connected. Yeah. It, it does make it difficult, though, because if you have a problem or maybe not a problem, but a difficulty like I do, where I will fall really hard mm-hmm. and give up myself and ignore my boundaries then it's hard to see red flags. Mm -hmm. And if I can't divorce physical intimacy from deep emotional intimacy, then that's actually really hard, you know? So as of right now, I I cannot casually sleep with people Mm -hmm. because I need to feel like I love and care about someone and I need to feel like they love and care about me. And I don't know where that comes from. I don't know why I need it so badly. It it really makes it dif- really makes it difficult. It really does. Because I'm not in one place for very long ever. I'm still that way. I'm still very nomadic. Mm-hmm. Like I'm leaving the city at the end of the month. I don't know when I'm going to be back. And my problem is I can only equate that kind of intimacy with the last person that I was in love with. And so I can only equate it to my most recent ex. And I don't know when I'm going to get over that. You know, like it's heartbreaking. I can't, I cannot, I cannot divorce that. I can't, I can't separate it. And it's hard for, like we talked about with like 
heroin and love, it's like best sex of my life was with that woman. And not necessarily because we did some sort of special thing. There's an element of, am I ever going to have sex that's even remotely close to as good as that? I don't know. Maybe. I hope so. I don't, I'm not like, it's never going to happen. It's just, it's tough to know that there's a love out there that I might not feel that burst again. And also like a sex that like might, it, it's it's daunting to think of decades of a life with less than something I've had. I know. Same. And I can, I can see in your eyes that it's tough to for accept sure, that too. For sure. But, you know. And what's worse is, worse, I don't know, what compounds is that maybe he never felt that way about me. Maybe he was feeling that way about somebody else from his past because it was explosive and they knew each other. And that hurts too. Yeah. You know, but there's something about the unreciprocated part of it, I think, for both of us that I think should not be um, left unconsidered, because I think that that's a lot of what creates the magnetism. Like, I need to believe I have to believe in order to continue that I will feel that way again. Yeah. But I also never want to feel that way again. Because I was so fucking mistreated. That's where we come to the spectrum again. It's like, are you going to be in love again? Yes. But like how much, right? And I don't think either of us think we'll never be in love again, but it's, are we going to be in that explosive love or, or, and, and then will it be satisfying to know that we have that consistent and more responsible amount of love i mean will that be satisfying will we find it and not constantly be like yeah they're gray and all but not like not like germany not like wild no lady but it has to be it fucking has to be because if this person didn't love me as much as you say i deserve as much as i say i deserve then that cannot be the one that does all the other ones if this woman can frankly breadcrumb you like that and then leave you and choose to leave you and not love you the way you know that you deserve and I know that you deserve, then that just can't be it. That just cannot be. It just can't. I mean, I think the, I mean, I know the love is still there. It's, uh, I think she unfortunately made what we call, uh, what you know we call in football a, a business decision. Okay. Uh, you know, um, kicker's not going to make that tackle. Yeah, but the right person—if <laughs> the right person will figure it out with you—we we shall see. No, I really believe that because I think mine also maybe made a little bit of a business decision. You know, I didn't want to end up in the same city he wanted to end up in, which seems to be a theme in my life. Mm-hmm. But the right—I have—I just have to believe that the person who sees the correct value in us will choose us. So, and in any attempt to like land a plane, <laughs> I, um, I think I find, I guess there's, if there's a sense of comfort and we find it in the arts, I don't know if you sounds like maybe also found a lot of archetypes and storylines to draw from, to bring to real life from things we watch. Mm-hmm. But I guess I have to think then of 500 days of summer Oh God! because yeah. if you remember the ending, I do. then it's day one of was that what whatever her name was amber whatever was autumn i think i think they give her the name autumn oh i think that's what the whole i think that was oh, the motif the oh i got it right yes. 500 days of summer and then it's day one of autumn 
Right. And, uh, you don't plan on it, just kind of walks by. But that's why I'm not on apps, but I'm also not closed off if, if, uh, I walk into an elevator and it's like, Hey. <laughs> yeah. That's true. You just can't put your whole worth in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, how you feel? Good. How do you feel? Do you need more water? Emotional. <laughs> I know. Maybe we should turn the lights on. Uh, Unless you're ready to wrap up. You tell me. I know. Um, I, I mean, up to you. How you feel? I, uh, it's not my show. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you know, I, I like to respect people's time or whatever. I'm good. Well, Elle, thanks for, thanks for doing this. Thanks, and um, yeah, I don't know. Sick to see you again. Yeah? Yes. All right. Are you doing any, do you have any shows coming up? Yeah. Next week. <gasps> Where? Is Pete's Candy Shop, and then the the 18th, I'm at the Grizzly Pear in Midtown, and then um, I don't think anything else this month um, for now. Sick. Maybe but yeah, I'll roll I don't in. know. Pete's Candy Shop is cool. It's right off the L. I feel nice like little I've been spot. Here. Yeah, they do they do music there too when yes. sad people aren't on stage. Great. Yeah, they're sad too. The but music is sad. Everyone's sad. Come out. I'll buy you a whiskey. Really? Yeah. I'll buy you one too. Oh, I like how that works out. (laughs) Uh, Elle, why don't don't you go ahead and say uh, goodbye to everybody? Uh, Thank you so much for having me, everyone. Goodbye. Have a great week and life and year. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. Okay, um, I if you enjoyed that, I'm pretty sure you did. There is a lot more of me and Elle coming up at the end of this little outro thing here okay don't you can fast forward if you want to just don't skip to the next podcast yet because there's more just real shortly because there's like a 35 minute bonus episode with me and l coming out exclusively on patreon tomorrow and i'm gonna play a real good teaser at the end of this little thing here. So just hold on a second. Uh, There's two things that were mentioned during the episode. I feel like I should just like clarify and share them. One is the, uh, that, that thing that my sister said, my mom said, I think the, what, what my sister said is actually way better, but the, the concept of does a dimmer flame last longer that comes from an ashley cleveland song so apparently my mom passed on to my sister a, something from a song that like a guy my mom was dating post-divorce shared with her so the song is very unromantically titled i could learn to love you which really just encapsulates the fucking settling attitude that i'm really uh, i'm like ah, I, I like i'm not excited to embrace so i'm gonna just do the whole verse but it's the last it's the this it's like the last couple of lines. So she goes, I could learn to love you. I'm old enough. I could learn to love you. I'm brave enough. Not like a mother's love decided from the womb. Not like a burning love that flares the night and fades at noon. So that's that. But I think a dimmer flame lasts longer is is way better. Uh, at conveying what you know the, the, that idea. Uh, the second thing was the South Park reference. Okay, this is the more fun one. The South Park reference. Uh, it, it, it was from the Kenny Dies episode, season five, episode thirteen. Uh, for any South Park nuts, this is when Kenny like actually dies. It's like the Terry Schiavo um, assisted suicide episode. Uh, this, this is a real throwback, but, and it's chef. He's talking to Stan, not butters, but I still say that like, I was heavily influenced by this. I'm going to play the line real quick, just so you can all learn something from chef. 
Then why does God give us anything to start with? Well, look at it this way. If you want to make a baby cry, first you give it a lollipop, then you take it away. If you never give it a lollipop to begin with, then you would have nothing to cry about. That's like God, who gives us life and love and health just so that he can tear it all away and make us cry. So he can drink the sweet milk of our tears. You see, it's our tears. <laughs> Uh, but that was a very that was very influential to me. I've I've taken that I've internalized it since my middle school years, and I've applied it to many things in life. But very much I've uh, included it in my views on love. So you can share your thoughts, your reactions, your questions about this week's show uh, directly via email to me at manhorpod at gmail or you can uh, share your thoughts on this week's show in the episode discussion channel in our Discord server, The Champagne Room, which you can join for free at manhorpod.com slash Discord, or click the link in the notes. Now, as I mentioned, there is a bonus episode coming out with me and L tomorrow. Uh, it is available to all of my $5 and up fan whores on Patreon. Uh, we just... we really could not stop talking. It was delightful. Heads up though, you can only join right now at directly the URL patreon.com slash podcast because I have yet again, wait for it, been flagged as adult content. Yes, my Patreon bonus episode titled Just the Moans, where it's all the moans from episode 500. So you just listen to me go down on women for like an hour almost. It's yeah, they they found that and they uh, they decided that that is considered adult content. And in the meantime, while I fight it, you cannot find me in the app. You can, well, you can't just search me in the app to join. You first have to join via desktop. So stick it to the censoring man at patreon.com slash podcast. Become a member, support the show, enjoy the bonus episodes. Next week, uh, you're going to hear me with another ex-hookup. Uh, uh, not really as much of a big burning flame, but she is a friend who has dealt with loss in love in a different way, in a more someone dying kind of way. And you're gonna, we're gonna cover loss in love from that angle next week. For now, enjoy the teaser with L. Feel responsibly, and stay slutty. Oh, I wrote a joke. Yes, please tell me. In my sleep, um, it's a dad joke. Oh no. Yeah. And here I thought so highly of you. you know what? But please tell it because this I, might make me finally get over you. This is <laughs> I It's a riddle. Oh no. Please no, I wasn't totally conscious and I woke up and I was like, I wrote a joke. Um Are you gonna be ashamed of this joke? Yeah. Like the things you're ashamed of from your past relationship? Absolutely. Okay, good. This is horrifying right. and fucking genius. So what do you call? <laughs> no, I can't. Okay. I'm the gonna... amount of emails I'm gonna get. Of people like trying to ship us, but continue. <laughs> what does that mean? Um, that's like what the kids say when they like watch like shows or like they take characters. They want to ship them like relationship. Like they want. Oh, thank put you. Them. And, and sometimes, sometimes when someone's really good from my past, they'll like be comments and be like, 
I think I just I really hope Billy and Meryl get back together. Oh, but weren't they just listening that we're both incredibly broken and need to rebuild ourselves from the foundational ground up, lest we realize that our hearts are a black hole, a vacuum of joy and despair? Well, were then, they listening? Well, then they're more responsible to say, I hope in like six to seven months they get back together. Six to seven months? <laughs> I'm going to die miserable. In a cute way. When you say that, I'm going to die miserable. I'm like, I'm going to die miserable. That's a very upper one of these sides thing to say. That's so true. Please tell me this. Uh, first, tell me this terrible joke. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm telling you my joke. Wow. Um, I'm going to What do you, you call... I'm just going to go into it and I can't look you in the eyes. What do you call... Sinatra swimming in an oversized beer mug to celebrate having graduated medical school. I don't know. No, don't say you don't know. You have to try. Sinatra. What was his first name? Frank. What do you become when you graduate medical school? Dr. Frank. And what is an oversized German beer mug called? Dr. Fr- oh. <laughs> <laughs> if I didn't also Sad. have like a, a dirty Frank Sinatra dad joke that I wrote. <laughs> I Look, I'm not saying we're perfect together, but like I also do have <laughs> a Frank Sinatra dad joke that I will never tell on stage. That like I thought in my head once. Really? Is yeah. it as good as that one though? I, I think so. That one was pretty. I mean, it's, it's, good. it's dirty because, like, look who you're talking to. Mm, but mine are very clean. Like that could go in a children's book. <laughs> Absolutely, Doctor uh, Frankenstein. That's incredible. Oh, yeah. I, I think we all knew what the punchline was. As I no, stopped myself, not before everybody finishing. figures it out. <laughs> I have to really walk them there. <laughs>